Have you ever had a moment that shattered your best laid plans? Yep, shit happens. You're lost and not sure how to pick up the pieces. Discover a higher level of results when you join the Fab Five as we take you on a weekly adventure shifting you beyond your best plan. We reveal how to elevate your mind, body, and spirit and create a harmonious life. The Fab Five is passionate about making the world a better place. Through sharing our gifts, talents, and stories, you'll obtain the resources, strategies, and tools you need on your journey of healing and growth. Step into your authentic self, moving beyond your best plan. Hi, and welcome to Beyond Your Best Plan, the podcast where we inspire you to move beyond what you believe you could move beyond. We have a full house in the studio today and have planned another amazing show for you. Meet the ladies, Kathleen, whose mission is to assist parents who have experienced the loss of a child to suicide, move from pain and suffering to peace, presence, and purpose. Claudette's mission is to help people on their spiritual path go from zero to 60, activating their inner guidance to heal and grow. Sarah's mission is to educate peers and help entrepreneurs to become more effective leaders. Catherine's purpose is to help others end internal suffering and accomplish their dreams. And me, I'm Whitney, and I'm on a mission to help people do work they love and love the work they do. Two things in life change you, and you are never the same, love and grief. We run from grief because loss scares us, yet our hearts reach towards grief because the broken parts want to mend. That's Brene Brown. And our very own Kathleen L. says, sometimes we get caught up in other people's pain because it's easier to feel their pain than to work through our own. We've all experienced loss and felt the pain of that loss because whether that loss comes from death, the end of a relationship, a job, or any other thing that you no longer have. Kathleen is our resident grief expert, and she is going to lead us today in a discussion that we know will help you through your grief experience. Kathleen. Take it away. Thank you, Whitney. I just want to do an alert for those who are in a lot of grief. We'll be speaking about suicide, suicide ideation. So if you, just a public announcement here, if you're, you have some challenges and you're concerned about others, you can just dial 988. There's a new suicide hotline, suicide prevention hotline that you can easily connect with. So please be sure to to connect with someone just by dialing 988. So this podcast is not just about suicide, but it is about actually facing the pain that we're sitting in. Oftentimes when we're experiencing grief, which is inclusive of a job loss, a divorce, a loss of of a loved one, anything that might be changing your health, anything that changes what drastically changes what your day-to-day living was prior to the event that occurs. Uh, It brings up grief. 
And like the quote said at the beginning that I had mentioned is that when we avoid the grief that we are sitting in, it holds us captive and it comes out in one form or another. So when we avoid grief and, and avoid actually feeling the feelings that we're sitting in, it comes out in physical ways. It comes out in dis-ease. It comes out in anger toward people who um, you lash out at that has nothing to do with your grief at all. It just comes out in many, many ways. And so today I thought it would be nice to have the five of us really discuss what has been your experience with grief and what, how have you moved through some of the emotions that's sitting in your body today. So who is interested in connecting first? So I have, like you, Kathleen, experienced the loss of a child. And I've talked about that a number of times on the show. Very early on in my experience, I, I may have even shared this story. I'm not a Dr. Phil fan, but in a day or two after my son's passing, I guess the TV was on, it rolled around to his program, and as fate would have it, it was a show about mothers in particular who had lost their children and they were struggling. And I don't know that I consciously made a decision at the time I watched the show, but I feel like whatever he said resonated with me. And as I was moving through the early stages of grief, right? And I, I don't know if you're going to get into the stages of grief, but as I was working through the early stages of grief, I, I do remember thinking that it was important for me not to be so consumed that I was going to live as if my son had never been here. And that was something very early on that was important to me to not be in a space where I sort of, because it's uncomfortable, it's an uncomfortable topic in our culture. I don't know that it's uncomfortable everywhere around the world, but in our culture, it, for some reason, right, death in general, not just like this sudden unexpected death of a child, which is what people say is that's against the laws of nature, right? That's not the way things are supposed to happen. And therefore, somehow it's different. Our loss is our loss, right? And each of us will move through it in a, in a different way. But I was determined and I think you'll love me for this. I made a decision very early on to give myself permission to feel what I was feeling. And I had not, I did eventually go to, go to grief groups and was part of grief groups for a while. 
one through my healthcare provider. I did celebrate recovery through church because at the time, Grief Share, which is now a particular grief program that a lot of churches have, Grief Share. I don't know if it was around then, but it certainly was not at my church at that time. So it wasn't an option. And so I did celebrate recovery, which is similar to AA with the 12 steps, right? There are 12 steps. And what it became was really about getting in touch with and in tune with how I was feeling and being in the moment and giving myself permission to be in the moment. And what that translated to a lot of times was sort of pushing the envelope around people because people out of their kindness, I think, out of their desire not to trigger me, right? They don't want to say anything. They don't want to ask questions. People don't want to ask what happened to your son. And to not talk about him is to suggest that he was never here. And I was just determined that that wasn't the way that I wanted to move forward in my life. And so I guess to the degree that I took something away from the Dr. Phil show that day was this feeling what I feel and that I can grieve and still honor the life that my son had, the time that we shared, right? That it's just not mutually exclusive and to sort of feel some joy for the time that we had to be thankful, to be grateful for that was not to be glad that he was gone, right? And that there has to be sort of this this acknowledgement that it's okay to be grateful and it's okay to smile and that grieving doesn't look any one particular way. And I will say that my experience through that has informed so much of how I live my life since then, in particular with the work that I do, right? And and I know we'll talk about this because it's the nature of the work that you do, Kathleen, but the work that I do. And after I left my job for a little over four years ago, a job that I very desperately (laughs) wanted to move away from, right? There was a period of grieving that I didn't initially recognize that that's what was happening. I had worked for 40 years, never really taken a break. You know, I have vacations here and there, right? But I'd never had a break from working from the time I was 15. I worked my way through college, you know, I worked my way through marriage, through the divorce, you know, through single parenthood. I worked my way when I was in law school, had a full-time job, went to law school and had a kid, right? So all I'd known really had been work for a very long time and I wanted out of the work situation that I was in, yet and still 
when it was over, there was loss. Not so much about the job, but my connection to the people, the people that I did care about in the work that I was doing, right? There was that connection, these people that I had spent 17, 18 years talking to, having coffee with every day, that was no longer a part of my life. And so I want to say that ultimately this is about change, right? It's about change, transition, and our ability to adapt and be transformed through the experiences that we have. And whether it's an experience that you desire or an experience that you don't desire, the bottom line is that we need to feel what we feel and not let the way other people think it should go or how other people, how their experience went, color how we think we should move through this. And to just be okay with the experience as it unfolds. And I'll leave with this final thing. What do you want your life to be on the other side of this? Right? And this is the change piece. Looking, stepping back from it, Grief is a subset of change. What do you want your life to be? Who do you want to be on the other side of this experience? And I think if we take the time to think that through, then we can start to make choices in the process that help to move us in that direction. And so that's my two cents. Whitney, you brought up so many good points that I don't know that I can capture them all <laughs> because you've experienced it and you've gone through it and, and all five of us here have in one way or another. So your last question is exactly why I wanted to bring this topic up is because it's an opportunity for people to understand no matter what they're going through, it's an added experience in their life. And how do we want to live knowing that that experience is part of us? And, you know, you talked about the discomfort of other people, not just yourself, but other people and the discomfort of how do they show up in your life and how do they respond to the grief that someone else is going through? And the result of that is don't ignore the pain that's in the room, whether it is you that is actually grieving or it is that you're a coworker or a family member, how you show up matters. And when you show up and just ask, how are you feeling today? Or what is it that you need from me? They're just simple questions for people to be able to support the individual who's actually going through it because then they don't feel alone and they don't feel isolated. And I had an, a grieving experience this week that I just want to just touch base on because I think everything Whitney said is exactly what this experience was, is that when people show up with who they can really show up as, it can be hurtful and it can be painful for you to actually see it. And an experience where I had a friend who showed up exactly how he is and 
I've known in the past that there are some people that can be courageous and be leaders, and some people are going to be the sheep that just follow the masses. And in this particular experience, I felt like I was betrayed. I felt like I was thrown to the wolves. I felt that I wasn't being honored by this particular person who knew me deeply and allowed some really hurtful things to be said. And that alone was a grieving process for me because instead of me lashing out or projecting that he was a bad person, I knew that I was triggered enough that I needed to go within to find out what was in my body, what was I holding onto from past experiences that would trigger me so severely by the words of people who don't know me. And the words of people who don't know me would be just like, you know, if someone called me something today would be very similar to someone saying that I had green hair. It's what I attach to the meaning of what their words are. So I know I don't have green hair. Some people do, but I know I don't. And that wouldn't bother me. However, what was said to me really triggered something inside me. So I chose to really be deep within my grief and feel through the feelings that I was feeling. I felt angry. I felt sad. I felt lost because I knew at that moment, my relationship with this particular person has changed forever. And so from being on the in, you know, my inner circle, that person moved to my outer circle because I could no longer allow for people to be in my circle that can't give and take at the same time. It's just more of like, I recognized what they, how they could show up. And I wanted to honor myself enough to move through the grieving process to become aware of the triggers and what was happening with me and then to evaluate what I wanted to do from that. Now, had I not been through the experience of the deep loss of my son to suicide, which we've talked about here before, and he, you know, writing the note saying he didn't want me out of service, him you know, leaving this earth, his physical presence when he wasn't speaking to me, that was all very complicated. And it went on forever, and it was very messy. So Whitney talked a little bit about the stages of grief. And I don't like to talk about the stages of grief from my perspective because they're really not stages. They're waves from one second to the next second. It could be anger. It could be depression. It could be numbness. It could be all of that. And so when, you know, when we talk about the stages, it it feels almost linear. And grief is not linear, whether it's the job loss, whether it's a loss of a friend or a relationship in the way it was, or whether it's the deep grief of a loss of a child. Kathleen, can I just interject there? I don't disagree with you. And you're absolutely right. It's not so much, I mean, they're called stages, you know, what Elizabeth Kubler-Ross came up with this. Um, Not stages. David David Kessler also does it too. I think what's important though is for, and if you'll just talk what they are, call them whatever you want, that if people understand, here are some of the things, this is how this can manifest. I think that's more important 
then it's a stage or thinking that it's something linear and you're absolutely not is it right it's not linear you can have all of them at the feelings emotions factors components whatever you want to call it you could have them all at the same time you could be feeling any one or a combination of them but recognizing that here are some of the things that you are likely to experience so that as people are experiencing it and maybe they're not as in tune as some other people right and used to being in the moment and in being present in in the moment they're like wondering what's going on with me like you said that you were able to recognize what happened to you this weekend as you know grief was a part of this and that something had changed right and it wasn't going to be the way that was before and I think before we started recording Claudette was sharing something very similar maybe she'll bring that up But it's like, why am I feeling this? And then if you can go, oh, I can tie it back to this Mm -hmm. thing or this experience, you go, okay, that's what's going on. And it makes it a little easier to process rather than am I, and I won't say say it that way, but I don't know what's going on, (laughs) right? I hear you. I hear you. Just like you're feeling lost. So um, from that perspective. Right. And Whitney's right. This wasn't about critical. There wasn't a critical response to Whitney saying there's stages of grief because that is how society has talked about grief. There are stages. And some of the stages, there's five main stages. They say David Kessler added a sixth, and I'll, I'll share that with you. So the five stages they call denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. And David Kessler added a purpose. That's the, the six ones from his perspective. Now, I feel like that's all meshed together because you're trying to figure out the emotions that are happening within you. So, you know, from the bodily perspective, your body feels numb. It feels heavy. It feels painful. Your emotions are all over. There's an inability to remember things. So your body protects you during the initial stages of grief. I felt all of that over the past week. And this happened on Monday, Tuesday, and Tuesday, like all week, I allowed the emotions to flow through because it would ebb and flow from questioning myself to being angry, to being very sad, to be like all of that. And one of the things that I did, and you know, I really want to give other people a chance to speak, but for me, I'm so passionate about this because it's so important for us to feel whatever we're feeling in order to move through because it's truly like waves. It's not, you don't have to be just sad or lost or pain. We get to feel joy in the, you get to feel both. It doesn't have to be either or, and it's okay to feel joy. It's okay to laugh. It's okay as you're experiencing the other emotions. One of the things that I realized as I was laying in bed, most of the night, Tuesday evening, not sleeping, you know, I, I did this whole process. I'm feeling betrayed. So I went back to the very first time that I could remember. I felt betrayed. I felt unlovable, unworthy, whatever those feelings were. And I put myself in that little girl's place, wherever I was. You know, I started at a very young age. And 
I felt in my body today where I was feeling that pain, where I was feeling that betrayal. And I sat in that until I, I was able to, I actually saw the pain flowing out of my small body. I felt, you know, like I moved into my small body. I felt that, that pain falling out of my body and into the earth. Like I was consciously giving my pain to Mother Earth and saying, thank you for transmuting this pain. Thank you for transmuting this pain. Thank you for transmuting this pain. And then I saw myself as that spark of light that I am in the universe. Like I am a spark of light of all that is, as are you and everyone else here. So by being that spark of light, I felt the love of myself as that little girl, whichever stage. I only got to about... Um, my sixth grade, like, and I laid in bed for hours until like 9am and allowed myself to do that over and 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 over again. Till I finally got to the place to where I was like, yeah, you know what? It's okay. Like I, I can own my own stuff and I am the spark of light of all there is in this universe. And I belong at every table that I sit at because my light is as equal to anyone else. And their light is uh, mine, as mine. So I just want to share that even when you're grieving this deep, deep grief, whatever your grief is, allow yourself to feel through that because you can come out really recognizing that you belong wherever you are, no matter how it is, because you are that spark of light in this universe of all that is. So I kind of rambled on a little because I'm really passionate about this. I mean, it's what I do for, for parents who have lost suddenly. It's not just suicide. It's parents who have lost suddenly, a child suddenly. And you can move through this when you isolate yourself in the pain when you get lost in the sorrow, then you cause unnecessary pain. And you sit in that, and it's not fair for you. So Claudette, you were going to jump in, so I'm just going to give you <laughs> the mic at this point. I'm just sitting here listening. I'm enjoying it. <laughs> so both of what you, Whitney and Kathleen, have said. So grief, it comes in many forms. You talked about the stages. I'm not going to go there. But sometimes it's disguised and we don't realize it's grief, but we're depressed or we are sad and we don't associate it with grief or there's regret. So I've noticed that all these things kind of build on each other and the grief that I have been processing in truth is the idea of what I thought my life would look like with my former husband versus what actually happened. And, you know, financially, when you get divorced, you kind of take a hit. You, you know, it just changes everything. And so I'm in the process of rebuilding a lot of stuff. And when I thought by now I would be semi-retired, right? And so I've been walking through that and understanding how it goes even further, how I allowed decisions to be made that went against my gut 
And I had this perception of let him make the decision. Well, if he's not getting the guidance and he's making the decision, you could see how the decision was probably not a good one. And I would just concede. So then I went through another wave of regret. But see, understanding reality creation, I know if I stay in regret, I create more things that come into my presence and in my future that will give me more regret. It's like our subconscious goes, oh, you're regretting? Do you like that? Let me give you more. Because the subconscious goes by feeling. And so I know this. And so to me, we've all mentioned so far, and I know Sarah and Catherine would agree, that you you can't ignore your feelings. You can't suppress them. You can't push them down. You know, I was sitting here going, you can't fake it. A lot of people will fake it. Oh, I'm fine. And they're like suffering in silence, right? And the biggest thing that I've learned to do is go straight down through the middle of it. And there's like this huge fear around that. And I think this is attached to our ego because understand that our lower self, there's some teachings that have different versions of ego and whatever, but I'm going to say your lower self, which is that part of you, which it's that little voice inside that goes negative all the time. It's that, you know, it's that little part of us that it's so easy to default to the negative, right? It's so easy to default to the thing that is not positive. Ever wonder why? Well, that's the journey of the soul's evolution, rising out of that. As we rise in consciousness, we rise out of it. And so it will try to cause us to have fear of going into the emotion. But when you actually go into the emotion, it's like facing the lion on the path and realizing it's a kitty cat. It's not even a lion. And it's almost as if when you face it, the power is depleted around it. And it ends up not being quite as scary as you thought it might be. And so years of pushing or whatever, I got very angry. Last week, I shared this in my mastery group on my app, but I got very angry. And I just asked truth. I said, extract it out of me. Just, you know, when when I can get my head out of the way, just bring it out of me. Well, I woke up to 3, 3.30 in the morning feeling like this energy was being sucked out of me. And it was so much anger and resentment and regret. And I didn't even know it was in me. But I'm glad it got identified. And then I got up and proceeded to cuss truth out. Like I was like, screw you. This is done. I'm done with my purpose. Sweater, screw it. You know. And then when it was out, I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. And then I begin to walk through the healing, right? What do I believe? And the thing was, I had regret or grief over losing the perception of what I thought it would be, not even the actual reality. It was the fantasy of it, the picture I had painted in my mind. And in reality, I had not lost anything because it was a fantasy. It wasn't even a real thing. Um, You know, my former husband and I weren't close for years. We had a huge disconnect. I worked on it for years. I worked to understand men. I worked to solve the arguing we did. I worked on a lot of things, but there was still this gap, this huge disconnect. And I can tell you, 
I've never been at such a level of peace after the divorce. But I also, at the same time, had grief. Because in my mind, you should be married, should. I was shooting all over myself. You should be married forever. So I've been processing that. That's been coming up lately because at the stage of my life that I'm at, I'm looking at everything and assessing it and going, where am I? Where do I desire to be? So um, can you trust the divine when you're in the midst? Can you trust the higher power in you when you're right in the midst of the storm? And can you begin to go, I choose healing and joy, just even saying that or or going every day I am better. I choose healing and joy because when you're right in the depth of grief, you know, I remember losing my best friend in an auto accident. Her dad picked her up from school drunk and um, he wrecked and she flew out and he ran over. And so that was a huge thing for me. And so I dealt with that for years because it seemed so senseless, right? It seemed like, why? Why did this happen? And then what began to happen with that is I would go sit under this weeping willow tree and cry, you know, and I would just sit there. And then I just started going, every day is better. And I was just a little kid when this happened. But I started going, every day is better. Every day I'm healed more. And what began to happen is the grief was transmuted because there's a law of transmutation of energy. And so the grief was transmuted from grief to just this connection with her and feeling a presence and a warmth in my heart with the memories. And that's how I came out of that, right? And... um You know, so I was the one that suffers in silence because on the outside, I look, you know, strong and put together. Am I always that? It's not like I'm not trying to be authentic. I'm authentic with how I present to the world. But do I feel safe enough to present to everybody? Right. Um, and, And that's something I look at, too, is Can I feel safe enough? And this goes into what Kathleen experienced because I'm 100% sure that this friend has seen her vulnerabilities, has seen her ups, her downs, and has judged her. And I've lost friendships. I lost a group of girlfriends um, that I was very close to because of judging me. And it was when I was going through a really hard time getting divorced, right, coming out of that, readjusting to a life as a single person. And it was a bit, such a big adjustment for me. I was facing darkness and I also was judged. I understand that Kathleen, it feels like betrayal and it hurts your feelings. You know, so I can tell you, I had grief over that. And, you know, and these are people I thought I would be friends with forever, you know? So, What I'm going to share with you is there's a way out. And can you imagine joy ahead? Can you imagine that the divine power in you is capable of healing your trauma, healing the grief and transmuting it into understanding? And so I would say in your asking, ask for understanding, because that's the most important thing when we begin to understand 
what our part is, what the world's part is, the feedback that the world is giving us, how reality is actually created, how we are meant to experience all of this to grow and evolve. When we start to have understanding, we can move from grief to joy again. But it's okay to be in grief as long as you are in grief. Just don't change your address to grief. Like don't put your forwarding address on the grief. Okay. So that's the thing. Process it, be moving towards it. But just because you're not happy doesn't mean you're not, that you're broken either. So work toward, work toward the divine connection within because within that union and that oneness with God, with truth, all things go back into harmony and order. And it's almost like the hypnotism of the world starts to fade and we begin to understand we're eternal. We're magnificent. We're all part of God growing and evolving. We're all part of being one. And everyone mirrors and reflects back to us something. And that's that's feedback so we can t- continue to evolve. And so if you're grieving today, I would say, I love you. I see you. I understand and it's going to be okay. And begin to move into trusting that power within you to help you move out of it. So, I love what you said, Prada, about fantasy of what could have been. Because one of the, the biggest parts of unnecessary suffering, which I mentioned earlier, is, is projecting of what it could have been. And then your mind takes over of all of this fantasy, all of this the belief that it could have been different no matter what the circumstances were when it, when the grief was occurring. So um, I love that. Sarah, you look like you're ready to jump in. So go for it. Retired pro stuffer here stepping in to comment on this amazing topic. Thank you all for your powerful insight today. Um, such beautiful thoughts and being a pro stuffer meant that I delayed grief. That's all I did, though. You know, I thought I was being strong. I thought I was being resilient. I thought that I was being powerful. But as I quickly learned, all it did was delay it. And I have to recall back to probably 19, maybe 18 or 19 years ago when my grandmother passed on. I was just dating Jeff. It was a new relationship. And She was a very important person in our life. And I felt like I kind of managed that funeral and that process like a champ. I rolled right through it. I handled everything. I supported everybody. I showed up in my leadership. did the things that I do. And then (laughs) my poor husband, four months later, (laughs) found me on the bottom stair, bawling my eyes out in just the most deep, sorrowful grief in that moment. And it took a couple of shots of alcohol and (laughs) um, a weird, I guess, moment in time. Maybe I got just relaxed enough to let it out. And he um, still to this day jokingly says that he called my best friend and said, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do with her. And so what he did with me was just hold me and let me be in that moment and let me release and let me feel. I didn't, even after making that realization that I was a, still a pro-stuffer pro in that moment, 
I didn't really move on to getting in touch with my feelings to maybe like six, eight, six years ago, sometime in that time frame. And what I've learned is just what you all have said is allowing it to flow and come, not having any expectations around it. It just is what it is. There's sometimes I've cried harder at a funeral, you know, than the other and why or how I don't know, but that was the feeling I was feeling in that moment. And that was, you know, what was needing to be released and needing to come out. And so I, I just practiced acknowledging myself and asking myself what I'm feeling and allowing myself permission. Permission's a big thing that's come up today. There's permission to move on, but there's also permission to grieve. And to so for me, what that's been is an accelerant an accelerant to the next level, an accelerant to moving past and giving myself permission to move on. And I think trust, we just recently lost a friend, um, actually last Tuesday. And of course, as a friend group, we're feeling very sad about it. And I keep asking why, right, Claudette? Like, why, why, why did this happen? But we're just trusting. We're trusting that you know, it was his time. I don't understand it. Didn't want it. Not excited about it. But that's where we're at. And so I do think the more that we can lean in to trusting and knowing that, you know, Kathleen, you mentioned this on several occasions. I mean, there's, this is what led you to your calling today to, to heal others, to support others is, is the loss of your son. And certainly we would never ask for a trade, right? Never. But thank God that you are willing to accept your calling and recognize it and help others. So just trusting permission um, and, Being in the moment, all of those are just, you guys have elaborated on them a ton, but I agree. And as a retired pro stuffer, I say no longer stuff, let it flow and be in the moment and just allow yourself permission to feel what you're feeling. I loved what you said. So first I want to just acknowledge, I just, my heart goes out to you and your friends with the transition of your friend. It is a tough time and know that you're not alone. You know that you can pick up the phone and just cry your eyes out with me uh, or scream or whatever you need to do. With all of us, we're all here for you. We love you. Yeah. Yeah. What I love of what you said was just a perfect quote. It's stuffing. You said stuffing delays grief. What I might expand that to be is stuffing, avoiding, masking, delays, and expands your grief because it complicates it. And the more you bury it, the more at some point it's going to just come out explosively in one form or another. And so, you know, just, and and the other thing I just want to bring up is that, you know, how Jeff showed up for Sarah in the most heart-wrenching experience for him. Like I can feel the pain that, that Sarah was in and, and the, the deep grief that was coming out in that moment. And all she needed was to be seen, to be held, to be comforted, 
That's all she needed. He didn't need to fix it. He didn't need to talk it away. He just needed to be there. And so, again, another tool for you who are the bystanders and watching someone go through grief, be there for them in whatever way they need. Ask them what they need. That's all you need to do is ask them what they need. Catherine, I feel like this has been an emotional podcast for you. And I know that you've gone through some challenges lately. So please. It's like been the waves that you're talking about as each of you share. And Sarah, my heart is with you and your friend group. I'm so sorry. And I'm here for you. I love you. I love you all. There's not a lot too much more to add that hasn't already been shared. I, like Sarah, was taught at a very young age to put on a face and be strong and to show up that way. And my emotions don't matter as much, right? That was that was bullshit, but taught that at a very young age. And it was interesting, Kathleen, that you mentioned, you know, going back in time, because one of the things that struck me through the show today was um, going back to the first time I experienced grief, um, probably like three, four years old, uh, when m- my parents were separating. I don't know, you know, it's just like literally, it's like was a, one of the waves that came to me just during the show um, and taught then, you know, to just be strong. Um, and it nothing really got acknowledged uh, emotionally of what that time was like for me. And so you learn these crazy things when we're young and they continue to just like, we're not even aware of how you continue to roll through life in these similar fashions, unless we become aware and and shift it. So, you know, I'm still working on the journey of feeling through emotions. um, And I will just share quickly because I know we have to, we have to wrap and, you know, some things that help me with processing emotion today, as I know that this is an critical, important, and Whitney, I love how you define grief as, you know, transition or transformation in life. You know, we, we all can relate to that. And, and this is the journey of life. It's a consistent change and transforming and transitioning and, there's grieving, there's grief as part of these, these big changes. And we've all experienced betrayals and losing loved ones and having to move or losing a pet even, or, you know, these, all these different dynamics of life. And so as a, uh, I'll use uh, Sarah's term, my sister here, I'm a, a, a sister stuffer as well. And just showing up with the strong face and supporting. And, and I love Sarah, how you use like managing the process, you know, and fuck managing, you know, sorry if that offends anyone that's listening, but fuck managing the process instead, maybe just, you know, if you don't even really know what it means to like flow through emotions even, or feel permission to feel it's like journaling is something writing for me is something that really helps me process emotion rather than manage it and, and digging deep. And it's an interesting pro because I'll even try to avoid the journaling sometimes, <laughs> but connecting with my body also, like even just exercise, it's connection to our body. We feeling, we're feeling our body and exercise also creates endorphins, which are our feel good, natural chemicals. 
inside of us. So, you know, moving or getting good rest, you know, like if your body is calling for you to rest, rest. And I'm taking my own advice right now too. So just some things, just like taking the time, you know, going and getting a massage. I mean, that can help just sort of relax, which helps emotion come in and feel, you know, you mentioned a couple shots, Sarah, like that helped relax and brought some of the emotion in. Cause we get, it's like our primal brain sometimes I think blocks like what we need to feel. So writing, journaling, sharing with a friend, you know, not suffering in silence, like Claudette mentioned, you know, and so use these meditation, like Kathleen mentioned, there's meditative techniques that Kathleen does and Claudette does around dealing with grief and the healing process overall. So I would just, I would like to just share those two cents on how we can process through grief and process through healing things that have worked for me, moving our bodies, giving our bodies rest, journaling, you know, sharing with friends who love you and care about you to help process through it. Thank you, Catherine. All, all well-spoken. There are many tools to, to move through grief. And I want to leave you with a couple comments. One is that grief is not about getting over it, moving on, or recovering from. Grief is about knowing how to move through it to allow and become aware that there's more to life than just suffering. And it takes courage to do all of that. And courage comes with vulnerability. And Brene Brown says, vulnerability is not a weakness. It's the ability to show up and be seen. It's the ability to be brave when you cannot control the outcome. And vulnerability is part of being courageous. And being courageous means facing your fears and moving through your grief in healthy ways. And so I'm going to hand it back over to Whitney, hoping and sending you all kinds of love. This is an emotional podcast. And allow yourself to flow through it. Go for a walk in nature and be with the knowing that you are a spark of light, not pain, and that you are a spark of light of all that is, that you are love, you are loved, and you are lovable, no matter what you're going through. Such deep insights, ladies. The experiences that we've gone through that allow us to be able to share so that others can live their best lives, right? Make better choices and just have better lives. And and everything that you guys have said has touched me. Like the other lady, Sarah, you know, love prayers to you and your friend group as you guys are uh, moving through this. I, I, I want to leave this last thing and then um, we'll wrap up. There are so many nuggets that all of you have said, but this one, process rather than try to manage, right? Um, process what you're feeling and some of the, the tools that Catherine shared, journaling, 
talking to friends, moving your body, taking a walk, all of those process rather than try stop. It's one of those things the, the managing comes out of the, the way things should be. So we're trying to orchestrate it to be the way it should be. And Sarah said this, it, it is what it is, right? This is what we have to, it is what life is from this moment forward. So we want to thank you for joining us. If this was a challenging episode for you, we'll have Kathleen again share the resource that she shared earlier on um, what you can do to, to get some help. But we want to thank you for joining us for this episode. If you have not already, please review and rate our show. Join us on Facebook, in our Facebook group, and on Instagram. And share how you have moved through your changes, your transitions, and transforming moments in life. We would love to hear from you on that. Uh, Kathleen, you've got a lot of stuff going on. Please share with us um, what's happening in your world. Thank you, Whitney. Um, I'm super excited. There's four two-day retreats coming up um, throughout November and December that I am holding here live in Eugene, Oregon. Um, I thought it was really important for parents um, who are just learning how to navigate the loss of their child. And so surviving the loss of your child is the name of the retreat. It's really, it's it's over the weekend. It's $333. It's a very reasonable cost, but this will help you to move through some of the feelings, understand some of the feelings you're experiencing, learning some tools on how to, how to move through it and doing that within a community that truly gets where you are. So that's happening over the holidays, specifically because of the holidays. And then in March, March 11th through the 17th, I'm holding a week-long retreat in Costa Rica that are for parents who are um, living and loving after a sudden loss of a child. This is for uh, you using, actually experiencing those tools in person with a very intimate group of people Um, that will be using um, emotional processing tools, art therapy, breath work, sound healing, um, uh, connecting with your child through a a journey. There's fire journeys. Like there are so many things that are happening with with really skilled expertise that are going to be there to help you. So please just go to my website at KathleenL.com. You'll be able to see that or connect with me at Kathleen at KathleenL.com. And you shared a number at the beginning. So, yeah, if you're concerned about someone's life, if you're struggling yourself, call 988. That's the suicide uh, prevention hotline for anybody that might need some, some, a resource of one sort or another. Thank you for sharing. And thank you for, out letting us know about the retreats coming up. Again, we want to thank you for joining us. Take the time to feel what you're feeling. And if you are grieving, regardless of what is the source of that loss, don't run from it. Feel your way through it. Until next time, 
Kathleen didn't share this today, but be, breathe, and believe, right? So uh, we'll see you next time. Take care. The Fab Five thanks you for joining us today as we assist you in moving beyond your best plans. We just ask that this week you find one way to step into your authentic self. Listen, review, and don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. You can find us at beyondyourbestplan.com. See you on the other side of your best plan.